Good morning, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky, nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Wednesday, June 14th, 2023, and that means it's time for our weekly World Events Update with my good friend and colleague, Randy. If you're new to the podcast, uh, once a week we have Randy on. He's a really a, a, a geopolitical expert. He's got all kinds of sources and well-placed sources in various sectors that that he can glean information from. And so we take a, a, a one episode each week to just take a look at news events and provide some commentary and insight and perspective on it. Uh, we're by no means perfect. We certainly don't have a crystal ball. We're not prophets, but uh, based on our biblical worldview of the end times and how the stage is clearly being set for the rise of the Antichrist and the coming one world system, we like to make our listeners aware of all that's going on and, and give you some speculative thoughts on how this might be setting the stage for the return of the Lord. And, and that's really uh, one of Randy's fortes is interpreting kind of the, the goings-on in the world. And so uh, we'll bring Randy on in just a moment. Always a pleasure and always enjoy our weekly discussion with him. But wanted to mention a couple of quick announcements. As I mentioned, it's Wednesday, of course, so we're halfway through the week, but we've already had a couple of great podcasts on Monday. If you haven't listened to Monday's podcast, go back and listen to it, I beg you, because it was a very powerful episode with my technology friend, Shane, as we talked about AI embodiment and the threat to humanity. Uh, you don't want to miss that one. Uh, things are happening very, very rapidly. I suspect uh, Randy might even have some uh, comments today on some of the technological things that are happening. And then last night was our weekly prophecy night up there at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia. Uh, that's in the Denver metro area. Wow, we had a great time last night. And, you know, that uh, audience is growing, you know, between our online audience, our video and podcast audience on Tuesday nights, and those that are in the building with me in person. Last week, we had over 6,000 uh, people that watched uh, that video. So, uh, I am grateful for that because uh, we really do, you know, sound the alarm and, and drive people to the Word of God, which is my heart's passion. We want to equip believers to handle what's coming down the pike. If the Lord doesn't come back soon, we're all going to be walking through some pretty troubling times, just as the Scripture uh, said we might uh, in these last days. And so uh, check out Prophecy Night from last night. I know you will appreciate that. And then uh, we're not done yet. You know, after today, we've got uh, two more days this week and on Thursday, tomorrow. I'm, I'm pleased to have Mondo Gonzalez from Prophecy Watchers back for a conversation about the Greek word apostasia and how that might refer to the Antichrist and the end times Jewish rebellion during the tribulation. And always a fascinating discussion with Mondo, very a brilliant student of the word and uh, a great friend. And then Friday, John Loeffler's back by popular demand. I had him on a couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, very well known from his 32 years as the host of Steel on Steel Radio, uh, and uh, really looking forward to that discussion. Discussion. Uh, so uh, a couple of quick housekeeping items here. Um, you know, as always, we appreciate your email. I'm way behind on responding. I'm thinking about maybe doing a podcast uh, just where dedicated to questions so I can kind of check off a bunch of these emails. Uh, uh, and, and I love talking about theology. I love answering questions and brainstorming. It used to be one of my favorite things to do when I was teaching full time. Unfortunately, with my schedule now and with the increased uh, pressures of the stewardship that the Lord's given us with NBW Ministry, I just don't have the time to sit down and thoughtfully reflect and, and write back uh, everyone that emails in. So we appreciate your patience. I do hope to get to your questions either on air at some point, maybe at a prophecy night or in some other podcast format. Uh, sometimes on, on Wednesdays with Randy, we do some Q&A, or I will try to write you back by email. But please keep in mind that uh, as much as I enjoy hearing from everybody, you know, really long, drawn-out emails with attachments of 15, 20 pages, uh, you know, I just don't have the time for that as much as I would like. I do read all the emails, and I do save them. A lot of times people send me stuff that's very pertinent, and I and I appreciate it, and I flag it and save it, and it may make its way into some research that I do down the road, but uh, responding to those types of emails uh, can be really time-consuming, and unfortunately, uh, time is something that's really limited uh, for me right now. And then one other housekeeping item, uh, not to sound critical here, but obviously with an increased stewardship comes an increased volume of negative emails. I've mentioned this before. Um, 
don't want to discourage anybody from emailing. If you if you feel the need to reach out and, and criticize me or Randy, that's certainly your prerogative. But uh, I wanted to uh, point out that if you don't like something we say, um, there is a host of podcasts out there you could listen to. And uh, if you're having trouble finding the delete button, uh, shoot me an, an email or give me a call at our 1-800 number. I'll help you find that delete button because sometimes it's a lot easier just to delete something you don't like than to sit down and write these long diatribe emails criticizing uh, the speaker. So, But it does give me and my daughter who, who, who checks our email uh, a good laugh from now, from time to time when people pick on something I said or maybe something Randy said and they are quite critical of it. So anyway, don't want to discourage anybody from reaching out. We, we do try to respond to everything. But uh, if you're critical, uh, well, there's other options besides just being critical. So before I bring Randy on, uh, a verse that came to my mind as I'm thinking about what's going on even in the last week in our culture here in the United States is Proverbs 14.34, where we read, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And uh, Randy, I tell you, we've seen some pretty disturbing uh, developments. Everybody, of course, at least on in our audience, that's you know from a conservative biblical uh, perspective, has been watching in horror as the transgender uh, agenda and movement continues to march forward very, very rapidly. Uh, I call it the gender surrender uh, movement. I saw an article or someone sent me an article uh, from Zero Hedge. I'm sure it was posted uh, elsewhere about a basically Christian-owned spa in Washington State. I um, can't remember exactly where it was. I want to say it was in Olympia, but wherever it was. Um, and uh, a judge just ordered that they must allow in, in even into the portions of the the spa that are, you know, mandatory no clothing. You know, you go into a spa, sometimes you don't wear clothes when you're in a certain spa, portion of the spa. And a judge just ruled even in those sessions, they must allow men with male uh, genitalia to be able to come in simply because they claim they're a woman, a woman. And that, of course, is going to have a devastating effect on their clientele. Uh, no woman wants to be, you know, in, in, in that uh, in that situation and circumstance. And so it's just like the death of common sense, it seems like to me. California, of course, is poised to start taking children away from parents who won't help them get sex changes. This is complete tyranny and government, um, you know, control if they start snatching children away from the parents because, you know, some 12-year-old gets told by his public school counselor that he really ought to be a girl. So he goes home and says, mom and dad, I want to have surgery to become a girl. Mom and dad with a Christian worldview says, uh, no, I don't think so. The state says, well, thank you very much. We'll take your uh, your son and uh, tell him goodbye. And we're going to go slice and dice him and cut off body parts and turn him into a girl. Thank you, California. That's uh, that's the world that we now uh, live in. I mean, it's just and then, of course, we had all the trans activists uh, over the weekend uh, flaunting their nudity uh, in front of the White House uh, as they celebrate Pride Month. Uh, you know, it's just unbelievable. And I've often pointed out Pride Month, you know, right there in the middle of Pride Month is the word demon. And, uh, you know, that's probably not uh, a coincidence. So, uh, you know, I just don't understand how far we have fallen. It's just like otherwise intelligent people with a brain are are making decisions that are just unconscionable. But then I read scripture and I recognize that in these latter days, people are going to be giving heed to doctrines of demons. They're going to believe utterly preposterous, biologically, scientifically, theologically, biblically wrong things and pass them off as truth. But you know, the Proverbs reminds us that a worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eye. He shuffles with his feet. He points his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continually and sows discord, but therefore his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly he shall be broken without remedy. And when the Lord of Lords comes back first to rescue the church uh, at the rapture and, and then after the end of the tribulation, coming back with the church to establish the kingdom on earth, uh, it is not going to go well for those who have rejected the gospel. And then among those who have rejected the gospel and don't know the Lord, 
Uh, but they've also gone taken the extraordinary extra step of being particularly evil, particularly perverse. There's a special place in hell for those who are have first of all rejected the grace of God. Remember, salvation's free. Anybody can be saved. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Uh, doesn't matter how much evil a person has done, if they'll simply receive by faith uh, the gift of eternal life from Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again, they can be saved. And um, we're all sinners saved by grace. But someone who rejects that free offer of eternal life and then becomes a pawn in Satan's game to just destroy children, destroy families, destroy lives. Um, we know from Luke chapter 12 that there are degrees of punishment in hell in the afterlife for those who don't know the Lord. And I think the fires are turning up uh, for these transgendered uh, agenda pushers uh, that that uh, ought to know, even if they don't know the Lord, just from basic science 101. And I mean, you just look at the human anatomy, it's pretty clear the way it's supposed to work. But uh, anyway, I'm ranting about that, but I want to remind you that uh, uh, their calamity will come suddenly. God's not ignoring this. Uh, we wonder why he's waiting so long uh, to come back and restore order to this crazy mixed up world. But, um, you know, that agenda has just been on just been on my mind uh, a lot lately. I've spoken about it before. I've done whole lectures on it. Uh, so this is certainly not uh, new. Uh, but I just thought I would begin today uh, before we bring Randy on with that. I even saw got one email from someone who's talking about a a a, a college up in Wyoming of all places where some gal in a dorm room is uh, identifying as a cat, and so she's forced the school to put a litter box out in the hallway in plain view of everyone where she defecates and urinates. Uh, in plain sight, and people, other students, of course, have obviously complained about it. You know, the ones with a brain, and uh, and the school has done nothing, nothing about it. Oh, we can't do it. She's, you know, this is her right. She's identified as a cat, and so I mean, Randy, my goodness, what is going on with this world? And you know, I feel kind of bad because I'm segueing to you after all of this depressing, horrible little summary that I just gave, and and I feel like I should say, Randy, give us some good news, but. I know better than that. Not with <laughs> not with your report each week. It's usually going to be piling on. So welcome back, Randy. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, sir. I just want everybody to know that your part of this, what you have just given us, was the bright spot for today. Oh, no. So the rest of it is going to be worse, and it's going to be getting worse. And I don't know what to say, except brace up for the next few weeks. Now, I want to also put a couple comments in here. I get hundreds of emails a week. I'm more than happy to answer them. Uh, I'm not going to get in a big debate on different things because what I bring you is maybe not what you necessarily want to hear. I'm giving you information that most of the people in the world are not going to have for days or weeks. I'm going to give you stuff that is cutting edge. And I can tell you I have researched it. I don't find it to be unbiblical. I do not find it to be immoral or otherwise. So if you email me and you want to have a discussion, fine. Just understand there comes a time when it's like, you know, the hamster wheel has to stop. And so we will end the conversation. But anyway, I appreciate the emails. I learn a lot of things and I appreciate it. Now, for those that are interested in Israel, and there's always a bunch I get questions from. <clears throat> there was a um, uh, one of the people of the um, Israeli Likud, I believe is how you pronounce um, their um, assembly people. That was one of the parties anyway, proposed yesterday that they want to make the Temple Mount into two sections. Right now, it is solely governed by the Muslims out of uh, Jordan, they have a committee that takes care of it, and uh, only Muslims are allowed to pray at the Temple Mount and to actually hold services there. Right now, Christians and Jews are not permitted, but the Israelis are becoming of the mindset that they want to partake too, so that's not going to be a popular decision, but it is something that they brought up yesterday. Also, as far as the red heifers go, the red heifers are still proceeding as they had before. They are still without blemish. 
And as of October, they will be of the correct age that they can have the sacrifice if they wish to do it. Now, some of the uh, Temple Mount people are thinking they'd like to do it in the spring, some in the winter. They haven't decided yet, but I just wanted to let you know that I did check and everything is going as mentioned a couple of months ago. So as far as the um, Jewish people, they are looking forward to it, at least yeah. some of them. And that is on track. Yeah. And let me throw in here that we did a podcast uh, a few months ago with Mondo Gonzalez. Mondo's really an expert on this, written extensively about it from Prophecy Watchers. Uh, you can go back and listen to my interview with him. It was kind of a, a red heifers for dummies type episode. I just sort of wanted to expose our audience to uh, really a lot of the issues related to that and what's happening with that. But he's done some fascinating research. If you want to do a deeper dive uh, into uh, the red heifers and um, uh, when you're when you, I don't know if, you, if you've got some more stuff related to Israel, I'll let you go. If not, I want to kind of mention a comment about it if you're done with this. Go ahead, because that was all I wanted to bring up for that part of it. Yeah, so I wanted to mention, um, you know, there's a whole segment of the conspiracy world, and and you know, not by works. Uh, you know, I, the research that I've done really puts us right in the middle of uh, the so-called conspiracy world. But what differentiates the work that I've done is that I try to connect the dots through a biblical worldview, and it's pretty broad. You know, I, I see both the biblical and historical and anecdotal proof of a Luciferian conspiracy to take over the world, and I think it's far more intertwined than most people realize. So a lot of conspiracy researchers will study certain conspiracies. And by the way, just because you're studying a conspiracy doesn't mean it's true. Uh, you know, I believe in conspiracy theories, but not the ones that are false, only the ones that are true. And many of them are, let me tell you, it's usually uh, not about what it's about. But anyway, a lot of conspiracy experts out there are talking about certain segments, certain aspects of it. It's a broad field, but they don't really connect the dots Um you know, like we try to do. And uh, so that's why in my two Spirit of the Antichrist books, we've got all kinds of pages of, of, of references, over 100 pages of bibliographic citations between the two books. And we can encourage you to kind of do your own research. If there's a particular topic that, that interests you, you can dig deeper into that uh, into that topic. Uh, we've tried to dig pretty deep into all of them, uh, but and and we've drawn some conclusions that I that I you know believe are accurate. But as it come when it comes to Israel and the conspiracy world, there's a whole segment that really doesn't understand biblical dispensational theology. They think Israel is uh, the enemy. In many cases, they think Israel is the tip of the spear in the conspiracy. Uh, so in, in many regards, they're very anti-Semitic. And, uh, and so I get emails. I got one uh, just last week that was uh, very foul-mouthed and, uh, you know, a lot of bad language and just uh, berating me because I continue to support Israel. Well, you know, I tell you what, uh, as long as God supports Israel, I'll support Israel. And God says he's going to support Israel until there's no longer a sun, moon, or stars in the sky. And uh, as far as I know, they're still up there. So God has a future for national Israel. He's going to uh, usher in a one-world system under the leadership of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, someday in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. And that's why these things like the Red Heifers and the, the Temple Mount, they're relevant, because they're setting the stage for the return of the Lord. And, you know, God's promises to Israel have never been fulfilled uh, the, the way they've been uh, clearly detailed in Scripture, the land boundaries, the, the, the return to the land and belief and all of that. So uh, we do uh, love Israel. We pray for Israel. We have a, we understand God has a future for Israel. We also uh, sometimes make pro-Israel conspiracy buffs a little mad because uh, you know, our view is a little nuanced. I, I believe that Israel is not in the land in belief today. I've mentioned many times that May 15th, 1948 is absolutely critically, prophetically significant. It's one of the biggest signs that we're living in the last of the last days. But that is not a prophetic fulfillment in the sense of, uh, you know, this the, the Jews are not in the land in belief today. The leaders in Israel today are not Christians, by and large. They're not promoting the Word of God. They're out there, uh, you know, aiding and abetting the same way American leaders are. Certainly, I've been no friend to some of the Luciferian uh, co-conspirators within the American government. And we see the same thing in Israel today. But that does not mean God's, you know, not got a future for Israel. He does. And throughout Israel's history, there have been plenty of times when they've had bad leaders, bad kings, and God's judged them, you know, accordingly for it. Uh, and so uh, I think that's what's going on today. So just wanted to kind of nuance that discussion of Israel a little bit, uh, because uh, again, you know, I think we appeal to a broad audience, but 
I want to make no apology for being pro-Israel in our approach uh, to the end times. Exactly. All right. So we're going to start off with the economy and what you're going to be experiencing very shortly. I would imagine most of you have heard about the uh, Port of Seattle being on strike and all of the uh, ships backing up again, as we had in uh, Los Angeles and those areas a year ago. Now, Every day I bring up the satellite that shows me the amount of ships that are backing up, where they're placed, who they are, what they are. And I'm finding that in the Seattle area, all the way down the waterway out to the ocean is clogged full of different types of vessels, mostly supply ships, uh, a lot of very large supply ships. And if they're carrying food products because it's summer, a lot of this stuff is going to rot in a hurry. So not only will it not be delivered in time, but what is going to be delivered is going to be worthless. Now, I had a phone call this morning about 8.30 that said in the state of Colorado yesterday, there were a bunch of people that were involved in highway projects, delivering fuel, et cetera, and they were basically informed that their job is over. And if you're looking at the construction going on, uh, this is not the time of the year in Colorado to stop that. But evidently, our uh, governor has decided he's going to cut spending in different areas. And so 20% is going to be uh, cut this month, another 20% next month. Now, what this shows is very simple. They're going to be drivers and companies out of business. The drivers yesterday being told that they have nothing left for the rest of the year and they all have loans on their vehicles, decided to try and go and sell the vehicles. Basically, what they found out is they could get 50% of the appraised price on the vehicle. So in other words, they got 50%, and now the rest of the loan they're going to make up themselves. Now, they don't have a job. They don't have anywhere to go to get a job. So that's going to create a problem. Now, Housing market in Colorado, whether they tell you it's great or not, I'm going to tell you there are areas in Colorado like Salida that new construction is stopping because they're running out of supplies and running out of funding. Uh, rentals are being basically evacuated because people cannot afford it. Now, that's happening all over the country, not just here. But the auto loans, the mortgage loans, uh, credit card debt, it's so far behind now that people cannot catch up. So we had mentioned before, June and August is being a critical time period when the economy is going to go. Now, the stock market's been very good. Gold and silver have been, you know, about the same price every day. But the Treasury has to let loose and sell a trillion dollars worth of Treasury bonds to make up for the vote that we had a week ago on the debt ceiling. Now, no country in the world is going to buy our bonds. I can tell you that right now. The only place that leaves are U.S. banks and basically the government buying these back themselves, which is going to erase the liquidity in the market. In other words, there isn't going to be a lot of money for other loans, whether it would be vehicles, homes, whatever. Uh, you may have difficulty getting your money out of the bank. And you can anticipate this happening within the next couple of weeks. Fed now comes out in two weeks. Now, I've been calling all over trying to get us additional information. Nobody is saying anything about Fed now or the CBDC right now from the financial institutions. I don't know if they're having problems, if they're getting backed up, if they're trying to do things quickly. But never be surprised at what happens because we know the economy is shot. We know that um, basically they're going to have to raise taxes. They're going to either have to nationalize the banks and property or taxation is going to go out of sight because the deficit and the debt ceiling are killing us. Now, our good friends, the French, approached South Africa last week and asked if they could become a member of BRICS. Now, I don't think many people know that yet, but South Africa said, we'll take it under advisement. So in other words, the French don't trust them. They're not in there to help us. Basically, they're already working with China and Russia, and I think we're going to see a lot more NATO countries doing that very shortly. Romania, 
Bulgaria, Germany. They're all having side deals with Russia and China. Japan is having trade deals with China and Russia. So the only ones not in the game, it seems like, are the Americans, because the Canadians are getting rid of the U.S. bonds, and they have also been making overtures that they would kind of like to get in with the BRICS nations also, because they think that they could really be a good part of that union. Now, BRICS had a meeting two weeks ago. They have another one in about three weeks, at which time they'll probably decide what their currency is going to look like, consist of, and then start making bigger plans to bring that out. China, India, South Africa, and the United Arab Emirates are so far ahead of us in the CBDC area that basically China and India are ready to go. Uh, South Africa is about where we are, but the United Arab Emirates, they're ready to go at any time. So we have very large nations, very rich nations that are ready to switch to another currency, ready to switch to a different system. And that could take place even faster than we were afraid of. Yeah, you, you get the sense, Randy, that there are a lot of side conversations going on throughout the world that don't involve the United States. It's like they they see something that we don't. They recognize that America is uh, in in debt, you know, up to our eyeballs. We actually, it's it's a point of no return for the debt. Uh, I talked with uh, David McIlvaney on Friday. He's a world expert in finances, the McIlvaney uh, Wealth Management Group, and uh, you know, it, it's a fascinating interview because he he has a, a whole lot more knowledge on that particular subject than I do. But I just can't help but think, uh, especially based on your reporting here just now, that. The United States is slowly uh, kind of becoming marginalized when it comes to global economics. Is that kind of the way you see it? Oh, definitely. I think a lot of these conversations take place at the G7, NATO, and those areas. But unfortunately, our commander in chief's probably taking a nap or doesn't understand what's being said. Because I can't believe we have all this cloak and dagger going on because there are too many countries that are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I think it's going to be fairly rapid, but, you know, it's hard to judge where the United States is going to be since we do have the current reserve currency. But I wouldn't hold my breath. Saudi Arabia is cutting in production of oil, another million barrels per day. And let's face it, they're doing that because of the remarks Biden made when he first took office, and they're not going to do us any favors. Now, if Biden would suddenly get out of there, uh, if we remember, we still have a security agreement with Saudi Arabia, which they want to keep. Those bonds and ties could be repaired, but unfortunately, under this administration, it's not going to happen. The, um, the supply issues that I want to talk about basically start up in the port of Seattle, but they're also affecting the Panama Canal. The Panama Canal, as everybody knows, goes from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. And that's where all of the shipping takes place rather than going down the Horn of South America. Now, there's a Daunton Lake in Panama where the level is very low. The lake is what actually refills the locks so that the locks can be filled and they can be dumped the ships can move through. Unfortunately, because of the drought, they're starting to have trouble being able to do that as often in a day as they did and with as big as ships as they used to have. Now, it could be if the drought continues by the end of the year, first part of next year, there won't be any ship transportation going through there at all. So if you're ordering supplies that would normally come from Europe, Africa, or something like that, they're going to have to go all the way around to the Pacific Ocean to ever be delivered. So um, watch that. Order your stuff ahead of time. Make sure you've got um, everything you need. But if you start seeing shortages in the stores, don't be surprised. Um, Biden and Harris, we're going to talk about that for just a second. As everybody knows, articles of impeachment have been drawn up against Biden and Harris as of Monday. Um, it's going to make for an interesting 
dog and pony show as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the same day that Trump is charged with felonies, the impeachment charges, and all of this information concerning Mr. Biden's bribery, money laundering, everything else that he's involved in, along with his family, is being brought forward, too. Now, the FBI is performing their usual stonewalling as far as cooperation, but I think that there's a good chance this information is going to come out and some things are going to happen. Now, we take Mr. Biden's age. We take the charges against him. Uh, the Democratic Party is basically saying his usefulness is over. We look at his capacity to deal with foreign nations. We could very easily see him gone within a few months, by the end of the year, whatever. That still leaves us with the Harris problem, but God's plan is perfect, so I'm sure he's got a plan for that. And yeah. Let me mention on the arrests and the impeachment and all that, you know, again, it, I think folks know my view. I think it's all good theater, um, but it reminds me of, you know, professional wrestling where, you know, it's all kind of staged and, and, and you know, real uh, theatrics and, you know, one wrestler will throw a bucket at another one or, you know, throw his chair at him and then all the crowd will go boo, boo, and you got to get him. And then he goes and throws something at the other one. And it's, you know, for those that are still trapped in the fake left right paradigm you know they 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 love this stuff they're like you know oh that's terrible that they're you know arresting trump now we got to go get biden and so they're going to try to impeach biden and then but i just want to remind people it is not about trump or biden they, they are just pawns in the game uh this is all just theater i think people involved in it may really believe there's legitimacy in what they're doing. I think there's certainly crimes that have been committed, frankly, on both sides. And uh, obviously it's selective enforcement, but it's that's not the tip of the spear of what's really going on in this conspiracy. This is just a distraction to get people uh, expending energy and, and fighting and talking about you know, the wrong thing or, or things that don't matter. And at some point, I think that's going to become clear to everybody. I agree. And the thing is, everybody says, OK, let's get Biden. Let's charge him. Let's, you know, keep it fair with what happens to Trump. But remember, there are certain obstacles we have to jump and hurdle before we ever get Biden out of office. You can impeach him if you want to. That would probably make it through the House of Representatives. That will in no way get through the Senate. We know that. Also, the statute of limitations on what Mr. Biden is accused of have probably run, and there is actually no crime he can be charged with. Third, you cannot arrest or indict a sitting president. Now, there's some debate on that because of how it's worded in the Constitution, but almost everybody considers that to be a fact. So you would have to impeach him before you could ever charge him. Now, if you want to wait till he's done or something, that's fine. But for right now, old age might get him, mental incompetence, the 25th Amendment, maybe. And and, um, you know, and and we've never arrested Hillary. I mean, Hillary and the Clinton machine has committed, you know, dozens of felonies, including things like murders. And I mean, there's so much smoking gun evidence on their criminal background, but it just shows you that the whole criminal justice system is controlled. It's very hard to find a non-corrupt judge at any level. Uh, and when you do, usually that judge pays a a dear price for standing firm on integrity and on the constitution and, and on what's right. Uh, or later on down the, the, the road, it gets overturned by another corrupt judge. So it's just really, I think, wishful thinking to expect that all of these criminals on the left, and, and I'm saying on the left, just because that's what we're talking about. There are just as many on the right, but to think that somehow there's going to be a bunch of white hats right in and corral them all and, and herd them down to Gitmo and get give them what they have coming to them. I just, I, I just want to get people to set their expectations more realistically. I just, I just don't see that happening. Not in our current system. No, it makes for great theater, like you said, but as far as substance. Forget it. I mean, we could go all the way back to Woodrow Wilson and imprison every president we've had since that. Now, you look at Trump. He sits there very stoic. He's looking ahead. He's kind of frowning. Don't be surprised if he wrote himself a pardon 
before he left the presidency. Now, pocket pardon has never been addressed by the courts. But if he wrote himself a pardon and pardoned him for all crimes committed, that could be his get out of jail free card for the federal crimes, or at least something he might try. Now, in politics, there is nothing that surprises me anymore. It really does not. They're all in it together. Just depends which side would you want to be called today. But we don't trust any of them. And I'm going to give you a really good example of how they're all in it. All right. I've been studying sex trafficking, child trafficking, etc. since back in the 80s. And I will tell you from what I am finding out, Ukraine is probably one of the biggest hubs in the world for human trafficking, money laundering, corrupt officials, and anything else you could probably even think of. When we have the uh, border people losing 85,000 children at the border, we have another 800,000 children disappearing in the United States every year. Now, I don't think people understand the gravity of this, mm. okay? 800,000 children. Now, Mel Gibson, whether you like him or not, doesn't matter to me. He's bringing out a two-part documentary where he is going to grab this subject. He is going to expose the government and Hollywood for the part that they take in this. And I will tell you right now, if he lives through that and he gets that published, if there's anything you watch in your life, that would be the thing to watch. Mm. Because from the excerpts that I've heard, basically these children are abducted. They are sold. They are used up until around the ages of two or three. And then they are summarily disposed of. Mm. Now, I don't know how much more God is going to take this. But I guarantee you those 800,000 children do not just end up in America. They end up all over the world. Kids, children from other areas of the world end up here every month. And I can tell you it involves the military. It involves financial institutions. It involves politicians. It involves every segment of the population. Yeah. And I tell you, as distasteful as that is to to, to hear and, and to think about, it is a you know, a, a fact. I mean, I'm sorry. It just as I talk about it in chapter 13 of Spirit of the Antichrist, volume two, I talked about it yesterday in an interview that I did that'll come out in July. Uh, I mean, the closer we get to the return of the Lord, the more this type of perversion, um, you know, I mean, just look at what they're openly doing. You know, and, and I talked about that at the opening of the program today. But you know what's being done in dark, smoke-filled rooms uh, in the in the under the guise of uh, satanic ritual abuse and some of those things, rituals and ceremonies. It's just it's just hard to to fathom. And you know, God is going to judge those people. You know, Jesus talked about how it'd be better that a millstone be tied around their neck and they thrown into the you know the sea. Uh, I think it's going to be just you know. Uh, unbelievable what 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 happens to them um i mean i just it's just i'm still just shell-shocked when i think about it like you i've researched it for for a long time not as long as you have and i know you've got some sort of firsthand in your private eye and detective work uh experience with it <clears throat> but uh read the franklin cover-up you know or the franklin scandal either one of those books uh it will just give you a taste of uh of the reality of this. And as you said, it reaches to the highest levels of government, including the White House, uh, um, you know, for years, for decades. It, it involves key business corporation leaders, um, definitely the military. It involves government agencies like the uh, Child Protective Services across multiple states. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's just sickening. And so as you pray each day, I want to encourage folks to say a special prayer every day for those children that are currently being trafficked, currently abducted, and currently facing horrific uh, things, and, and just pray that God will protect them somehow, uh, free them, and that the perpetrators will be uh, will be judged. Yeah, because personally, when I when I take time and I think about it, when I go to a restaurant or I go to a store, I try to always be cognizant if there's somebody there that would be in need or need help, 
because I've had situations that I know it was going on, but I couldn't prove it. And you got to be very careful what you do, what kind of a scene you make in public. And so I didn't act, but I regret it to this day. But it really concerns me that this takes place in the Ukraine to the extent that it does. It makes me wonder, what are we supporting the Ukraine for, mm. except as a proxy to get to Russia, to try and bankrupt them, to try and destabilize them? It brings everything that we've spent, all the people we've sent, the lives that it has cost for absolutely nothing. Yeah. The Ukrainians supposedly have started their counteroffensive, but the Russians are destroying them every day. Yeah. The other day, 21 Russians are killed, 4,000 Ukrainians are killed. So the Russians said if NATO quits supplying ammunition, arms, and everything else to Ukraine, we'd be willing to talk. But until that's done, we are going full force. Now, you wanted to interject something, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, uh, again, it's never about what it's about. I, I, I can't tell you right. how important it is to understand that. And you and I have been talking from the beginning. And, and even before we started our podcast, back when the war started, uh, I did a message on Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine and the New World Order. There really is no us and them in this war. It's just a them. And there are a lot of reasons why, you know, and, and it's not just one reason. There are many reasons why this, you know, battle is taking place. It involves the bioweapons labs that we had over there in Ukraine. It involves the child trafficking. It involves a paving the way for a one world government and the, the future Northern Alliance that's going to come against Israel, according to the Bible. I mean, there are many things at play here. It's not just a good guy, bad guy, black, white scenario. Uh, obviously, there are victims on both sides. I mean, innocent people are dying. That always happens in war. But for those who think that Ukraine and Zelensky are the, quote, good guys, I think you're being played. I really do. Yeah, I think they're two demons on one on separate sides fighting against each other, or maybe they're even in cahoots. Who knows? But the Putin said he was going to move tactical nukes into Belarus. Well, I got to tell you what, they're there. Hmm. And the thing is, I was listening to a uh, summary yesterday. Those things have three times as much power as the Hiroshima bomb. Now, tactical nukes usually take out a small area, take out a city. But if they're three times stronger than what Hiroshima had, and then we look at the Kaliningrad being just to the north of Belarus with about a third of the ICBMs that Russia possesses, I don't think people understand how much danger we're in. Mm. We have a president who doesn't understand what's going on, an administration and a military that doesn't know what to do. We have a president who could be under indictment or investigated. He's probably panicking. So you get all of these militaries together. You get all of these people that don't have a plan, and it puts us all in jeopardy. We could all end up in a situation that should never have occurred. And when I look at the placement of the weapons, I look at the amount of soldiers, I have a really bad feeling something's going to happen that we don't even anticipate. Now, cyber uh, warfare, if we're going to have a grid attack, there are all possibilities. One thing I want to tell everybody, there, is, there seems to be a real problem with people's iPhones and Androids being cloned. Now, I've had three instances of that in the last week. Now, I don't know if they are using technology where they simply get close to you and they can ghost your phone and remove all the information. I know that some of them, the phones were left unattended for a while, but I can tell you what, once the malware gets on there, once they have the cloning procedures in place, you could lose everything financially overnight. So you've got to be careful. You know, if you've got an iPhone, one easy way to tell is go into settings Go into where it says battery, then go over and see what apps are using electricity. If there is an app on there you don't recognize, delete it. If you've got an app that you think could be causing a problem, delete it and reinstall it. On an iPhone, the procedure is fairly easy unless you get malware or you get them cloned. If you do that, then you've got a problem. 
but I've seen it three times in a week and I haven't seen any of that stuff in six months before. Mm. So watch your computers, watch your phones, watch everything you're doing because a cyber war is already going on. I can tell you that. Or e- just, e- even better, why don't we just get rid of all that stuff, move to a compound on the top of a mountain. Uh, you can be a president and I'll be vice president. Uh, or actually, do you like King? What's the, what's a King's assistant? How about King and Cupbearer? Uh, why don't you Andy. just put me in charge of defense? Oh, good. Okay. I would be very happy, I, but I want I want the trigger. All right. Well, we'll, so we'll converse. Let's let's find some property, and then I'm sure with our Not by Works audience, we can get uh, quite a, a following, uh, and uh, we'll just drop out of society. Um, no, all all kidding aside, I wish we could do that because it is like where can you where can you hide anymore? Which is just another sign of the transhumanist agenda to create godlike uh, technologies. You know, God's David said, "Where can I go from your presence?" And and there is no place we can go from God's presence. Uh, but the transhumanists are trying to track and hack us in every conceivable way possible. So be on be on alert. Yeah, watch your money. Watch your bank. Keep in contact with your bankers. Watch your funds every day to make sure they're still there. Um, you know, and keep aware of what the militaries are doing, what the politicians are doing, because most of it's a false flag. They're trying to lead us down the primrose path. But I will guarantee you between now and August, like I've said before, there's some dire things going to happen. Oh, and and that- most of the podcasters agree. Yeah, I agree. And that reminds me, uh, speaking of, you know, get to know your bank. That's great advice, Randy. Um, on the Friday podcast that we did with uh, David McElvaney, it was called Teetering on the Brink, Is Financial Collapse Imminent? Um, I posted this in the notes on on, uh, on the podcast. So if you go to Podbean or Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to our podcast, if you go to that episode and look at the notes, which if you're like me, most people don't really look at the notes. They just click play and they listen to it, especially if they're a regular listener. But in this case, look at the notes because the McIlvaney Group offered a special uh, deal to Not Bad Works listeners, and there's a link there. It's McIlvaney.com slash J.B. Hickson, uh, but it's a way that you can receive a free bank rating. You click on the link, uh, you put in uh, your bank uh, and they will, you know, r- run a report and tell you, you know, how, you know, what they know about that bank and how good it is. Uh, and I asked them on air when, when we did the interview, I asked David, is that for any bank, even local small banks? And so they said, absolutely. Any bank, go to that link and uh, and check it out. So if you just kind of want to know where your bank fits into all this, it's it's just a good resource there that they're providing for free. So go to uh, the podcast. It was from June 9th. So that's Friday. Uh, but it was called Teetering on the Brink, and then look in the notes, and you'll see the link there. Yes, that was an excellent broadcast because he's very factual. Um, You know, he keeps it to the facts. Shane on the AI keeps it to the facts. We don't get any personal innuendo or, you know, what they're thinking, not thinking. I'm sure there's stuff that they want to say they don't (laughs) because this You know, I'll add one thing to Shane's podcast on Monday. Found it very enlightening and right on point. The projection for jobs lost in the world due to AI within a year are 300 to 400 million. Now, you know, that's not going to be in Africa. That's going to be in Europe, here, Russia, China. So things are getting worse. So um, I hate to be gloom and doom, but... Now that we have Shane and McElveney, they're starting to make me look just pretty joyous. So <laughs> my uh, this podcast podcast isn't as bad. Randy, you're all you always look joyous. I mean, you know, if he, folks can only hear you because we only do an audio podcast, but if they've met you, they know you are just a great big bundle of joy, puppy dog. That's what I say. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> when I am like that, is because I'm old and I know where I'm going. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Praise God for that. Well, anything else for us before I I wrap it up? No, I think they've had enough for a week. <laughs> yeah, they probably have. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, I like what you said there. You know where you're going, and and we want to close out by reminding folks there's really only one solution to all these problems, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died and rose again to pay your personal penalty for sin, uh, you need to do that. You know, uh, trusting the Lord is a matter of simply acknowledging Him as the only source of eternal life. You're abandoning your faith in anything and everything that you thought might uh, get you a, a good standing before God someday, your good works, your heritage, your religion, your baptism, uh, you know, the sacraments, whatever it is you think is going to matter to God someday and allow him to say, come right on in. You need to abandon your faith in that and trust only in Jesus. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever believes in me has everlasting life. And that's the only hope of salvation. So if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know for certain that you'll spend eternity in heaven, it's a simple question of trust. Who are you trusting? More than 160 times the Bible conditions eternal life upon faith in, alone in Christ alone. I get emails sometimes uh, and voicemails from folks that say, oh, but you got to do this. You got to be baptized. You got to do good works. You got to persevere. You got to hang on. You got to turn from all your sins. You got to surrender your life. You got to make him Lord, all these types of things. Nope, not true. Uh, anybody that's preaching that is preaching a false gospel like Paul talked about in Galatians 1. It's simply by faith, simply by faith. Uh, and uh, so I encourage the folks to, uh, uh, if you haven't been saved, today's the day, trust in Christ. For the rest of us who already know the Lord, uh, it's a one-time act. You don't have to keep doing it again and again. The moment you place your faith in Christ, you pass from death to life and shall never come into judgment. That's a promise from Jesus himself. Uh, but we still have to navigate this, this old world in which we live. And we're trying to help you do that by giving you some tips and pointers and updates. But ultimately, the way to navigate this life is to stay in the Word of God. The Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Um, you know, we may get it wrong from time to time. The Bible never gets it wrong. And uh, the Holy Spirit that dwells inside every believer will help you navigate the Scriptures and, and give you peace and comfort. Uh, uh, Isaiah 26, 3 says, The Lord will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you. So you fix your mind on the Lord by staying saturated with the Word of God. Thanks for listening today. hope this was uh, helpful. Uh, as we both said, reach out anytime. Uh, we reserve the right to laugh and then hit the delete button without responding, but we will try to respond uh, to as many emails as we can. And um, and if, by the way, if you've emailed me uh, and it's been a while and I haven't responded, it's I probably got it flagged and, and hopefully, Lord willing, we'll get to it soon. But if not, don't hesitate to ping me again so that it's at the top of my list. Uh, uh, you know, I, it's really against my nature to, to not... <laughs> have stay on top of all these I, you know those of you that have listened to us for a long time know that I've uh, try to pride myself in 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 being reachable and approachable and personable but I'm learning why some of the other speakers that I followed for years you know don't always respond to emails it's just a, a sheer factor of time and volume so uh, don't hesitate to reach out again especially if it's urgent uh, you can always call the 1-800 number two uh, and uh, but until uh, tomorrow when uh, we're looking forward to having Mondo Gonzalez on I wish you all the best have a great day and God bless and thanks once again uh, for listening <music>